Missed it. Rebound, Melendez. Well deserved. How appropriate. Illinois wins. 73-66. And Trent Frazier with a big smile and a big high five for the freshman Melendez. Who gets a hug from his fellow freshman teammates. All that extra work paying off for Melendez and the Illini. Illinois, 73. Northwestern, 66. As Dion mentioned, that was the final last year in this very same building. How do you do, R.J. Melendez? A win is a win. It was not a pretty win, but a win is a win in February in the Big Ten, and that's what the Illini did this afternoon, pulling out the 73-66 victory over the Northwestern Wildcats. Welcome into the Fasteners Etc. postgame show here on News Talk 1493.9. Evan Kahn, Scott Beatty, Mike LaTulip here. We got the whole crowd to take in this one after the Illini remain in first place. We start with our rapid reaction brought to you by Kozad Asset Management for half a century. They've been a part of every one of our Illini football and basketball postgame shows. Kozad Asset Management striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships. We welcome in Scott Beatty and Mike LaTulip for your rapid reactions on that doozy of a ball game. Well, Northwestern, for any tournament hopes they would have, however slim, they need to get one today or they needed to get one in a couple days against Purdue. They're playing like a team that has something to fight for. Illinois was in a just-don't-lose kind of mode, and that really showed in the second half. As smooth as everything was and effective in the first half, they just made too many mistakes and turnovers in the second half and and ended up just squeaking out this one. A win's a win is a win, but it wasn't as pretty. Yeah, I think you you mentioned it, right? It's the difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. Um, you know, I thought there was a little bit of that in the second half, and it's hard. You know, every time you come in, you know, every time a team comes into Illinois' house, it seems like they kind of can play with the wind at their back, and it's Illinois that kind of has to hold on to that lead that they have in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, you know, but I thought down the stretch, you know, there were certain guys that stepped up in, in a lot of different areas, and uh, I think there's a lot of good things to take for that, you know, moving into late February, March. But, hey, it's it's mid-February, it's March. It doesn't matter how you win. It matters if you win. Illini <laughs> take a 14-point lead into the locker room, stretch it out to 18 to start the second half. It dwindles all the way down to one, but they never surrender it. Lead for 39 minutes and come away with a seven-point win. You guys are next. Thoughts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line and the fan line as well. Evan, Mike, Scott, and Kathy with you here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Trent Meacham from Cozad Asset Management and Jay Downey from the Downey Group. Championship teams are strategic on offense and strong on defense. This is our game plan for your financial future. Grow your wealth using personalized investment strategies with Cozad Asset Management Protect your wealth through industry-leading life, disability, and long-term care insurance services with the Downey Group. The Cozad Downey Alliance creates a team you can trust with your financial future. We've partnered together to serve individuals, multi-generational families, and businesses in this community for all of their financial planning needs. 
Are you positioned to experience financial growth? Are the futures of your family and business secure with proper insurance protection? Grow with COZAD, protect with Downey. It's time to plan your winning game. Call me today at 356-8363 to get started. Securities offered through M Holding Securities, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. COZAD Investment Advisory Services offered through COZAD Asset Management, Inc. COZAD Asset Management and the Downey Group, Inc. are independently owned and operated. You enjoying first place? Hell yeah. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show with your hosts, Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn. Frazier to Grandison, cross court. Here is Plummer for three, got it. From the right corner, Alfonso Plummer. Plummer on the right wing, dribble drive down the lane, left-handed layup is good. High off the glass. Oh, the kiss. Yeah, Bill Raftery <laughs> would love it. Plummer on the left wing to Curbelo. They run the weave out top, pass in the right corner to Grandison. Drives right baseline, opposite court pass to Plummer. For three, got it. Ah, uh, great ball, great ball movement. Plummer Ooh. with eight. Alfonso Plummer with a huge first half, 14 points. There was eight of them there before, I I think, the first media timeout, maybe even the second. But he kind of goes quiet in the second half, as does the Illini offense. But they get the win here on Super Bowl Sunday. Plenty of thoughts coming in on the Castle Heat and Cooling text line. Like Benny, who's rooting for the Bengals, he says the Illini struggled down the stretch but got the win. Go Illini. You can text us in your thoughts as well. We go here to the fan line, 217-356-9397. If I hit the right button here, we will welcome Simeon into the program. Hey, Simeon. Hey, guys. How you doing, Evan? Um, Before I start my comments, tell Kathy that she's doing an excellent job. Um, But um, on this uh, cold day down in Virginia, I'm glad we got the win. It was really ugly in the second half, the way Scott had uh, mentioned uh, before you guys opened up the fan line. Um, I was glad to see uh, Brad starting to play multiple players. I had thought um, earlier in this year that he needed to have a Nolan Richardson, John Thompson type of mindset with this team because that's how much talent he had. Um, I also wanted to say that I really liked that second unit that he had brought in in the first half after the second unit came out because of the length and the athleticism uh, that they have in there. And uh, with Cabello, hopefully they'll get more time together. I was really proud of uh, RJ. Um, I, I felt that he had been getting, uh, he should have been getting more time, but I'm, I'm really uh, pleased with his development. It's, it's really good. Um, the second half, I don't know what happened to our guards. They, they couldn't hold on to the ball. And then also, too, we were doing a horrible job getting it in the Kofi in the right spots, at least in my mind. Um, and then uh, 
I know Mike's going to have a disagreement, maybe have a little disagreement with me here, but I think it's time to switch uh, uh, Coleman and Jacob. Um, when Jacob's not hitting those three points, I, three pointers, um, he kind of hurts us. Now, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my uh, my neck because I, I really want him to come out of that slump. But if he's not going to come out of that slump, I think that it, we'd be better served with more length at that four position and more rebounding. And then um, also my last uh, thing is more of a question. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think in the end, I don't know how close Kofi is, is he going to be a double-double leader at Illinois um, by the end of this year? Well, he just tied. He, yeah. He, hey, good to hear from you, Simeon. He just tied the career double-doubles record with his 41st. So as long as he gets one more, he'll have the record. So I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good chance. But, uh, Simeon, you bring up an interesting point. Mike, I'm curious your thoughts on it of – a time of year when I assume most coaches are trying to tighten their rotation and they set what they've got. Brad seems to be expanding it and and mixing and matching some pieces. I'm sure circumstances have necessitated that some, but is that a good thing? And 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 how does that work for the Illini here? Well, I think if you see the emergence of of RJ Melendez, it, it is a good thing because there are some some stubborn coaches out there that you know, we'll just rely on the seven, eight guys that they have. And no matter what's going on in practice, they, they won't make the necessary changes. And um, I think this, this culture is at a certain point where you can insert certain guys and it's just, Hey, this is what we do. This is how we get things done. We make the toughness plays. Uh, when you're open, you shoot it with confidence. If you're, if you're going to come in, you have to help out on the, on the glass. And um, Simeon made the point, you know, it's funny seeing the contrast between this first unit and second unit. Um, there's so much athleticism and length and speed in that second unit. And that's just something that not many teams have in the country. And, and I think it's a major asset for Illinois. And you've seen, um, I've actually been really impressed with the way that Brad Underwood has, you know, just not been afraid to throw guys in at certain moments and, and just kind of see what you got. When you have depth like that, you might as well not just sit on it. Um, you know, it almost feels like the last 10 to 15 games have just been this open tryout in a sense, for a lot of these guys in that second unit. And whoever's got it going, uh, you roll with them. And a lot of teams out there don't have that luxury. It's usually the eight guys that are going to play meaningful minutes. And if three of them aren't very good players, they that's just who you got every game. And, um, you know, I, I think R.J. Melendez has, you know, certainly emerged. Uh, you know, he's playing 17 minutes. I, I don't know if there's a world where he gets up to 25 minutes just because of the guys that you have on this team. Um, but yeah, you know, Coleman Hawkins was a plus 17 in, in 13 minutes today, which is which is outstanding. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily abandoned the Jacob Grandison, uh, you know, train yet. Uh, what I was impressed with today and what he didn't offer against Purdue was he, he got six rebounds today, two offensive and uh, was able to pull down four defensively. So, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of options here. So you'd be crazy not to use them and uh, I think Underwood's done a great job of of doing that. And, you know, is it ideal? And can most teams handle that in mid-March, all the all the fluctuating lineups? Probably not. But, you know, this is an older team, mature team, and uh, they've shown that they can handle those things. Yeah, uh, Mike, to your point, I don't think that we need to abandon Jacob by any stretch of the imagination. I just think um, if he's not hitting threes, we just need to kind of switch those, well, or maybe even out the minutes a little bit more he and uh Coleman. Yeah, I think that's I think that's certainly fair. Um 
you know, the, the one thing that I'll mention, you, you talk about, you know, the, the threes, it's tough. I mean, he's still shooting low 40%, which is, you know, probably one of the, the, the tops in the, in the conference. I'm not sure if he has the, the actual qualifying attempts, but, but he's a good player. I, I know today, a couple of those turnovers, um, the one to, on the dribble handoff was not on him. DeMonte's got to set up that cut um, and, and get into his guy. Uh, you know, but I think what you can't do is, is take a guy who's meant so much to this team out of the starting lineup at this juncture of the season because we actually saw that happen in Kansas City, and Jacob Grandison wasn't very good coming off the bench. So what you don't want is to have like a net negative now off the bench. And we still don't really know what we have with Coleman Hawkins at this point of the season. I, I get it today. He was, he was plus 17 in 13 minutes. I thought he made a great pass on the break, had a couple assists, um, but still had some struggles defensively. Uh, you know, I, I thought he did. He did haul down a few different rebounds that were that were big in moments, but didn't take a shot. So I, I'm not sure how much he's going to offer offensively. Um, but but it's certainly not a crazy thought, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, getting a little bit of that length and athleticism creeping into that starting lineup, because, you know, I, I think they need it in those areas. All right, guys, I'm listening. Thanks so much for taking my call. Hey, appreciate you as always, Simeon. You guys can give us a call with your thoughts as well, 217-356-9397. Plenty of thoughts coming in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Um, 217 Texter says the Illini are going to have to add me to their health care plan <laughs> if they want me to keep listening. Welcome to February basketball, 217 Texter. Another 217 Texter says second half offense was as stagnant as the flow of traffic outside of the West Lot of the Assembly Hall. <laughs> that I, I completely agree with. <laughs> and and to uh, Simeon's point, and, and Brad kind of touched on it in, in the postgame, and we did early as well. I, I thought a big part, a big reason why the offense became stagnant in the second half is because when they go to slow down mode, it's we got to get Kofi the ball. And the second they cross the timeline, it's we're looking for Kofi, and that's all we're doing. We're not running sets. We're letting guys push us 20, 30 feet away from the basket. And that's what get Co- gets Kofi looks, and it gets Plummer open threes, and it gets Grandison open threes is when they run the offense, and then they find Kofi and those guys off of it. I think sometimes they get too focused in on trying to feed the big guy and then defenses are keying on that and it gets sloppy and then finding a balance go ahead scott i was just gonna say and then brad underwood's out on the court yelling at his team what are we doing what are we doing (laughs) with it's with with a little more spice in it (laughs) yeah and i think i think the 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 what are we doing it's you know this is an offense that they run that you know gives a lot of freedom to these guards and and I think these, you know, whether it's Trent, whether it's DeMonte, whether it's Andre Curbelo, it's finding ways, you know, you're, you're really, I, I truly believe this. If you come down the court every single time, you know, you need to look for Kofi for sure. But the beauty of a, a great player like Kofi is you can use him as a decoy sometimes, um, you know, and, and I think that's the way that you really put this, put these defenses in a bind because, if you do the four round one, if we're going to throw it into Kofi and if Kofi's turning it over five times in one half, you like, it's just, and I thought the thing with Kofi today, and it's, it's really, really tough. I'll say this, a guy that, you know, puts up the numbers he puts up, he puts up 19 and 15. And I'm not going to sit here and be critical because he's probably the big 10 player of the year right now. Um, but I thought today, especially in the middle of the floor, those passes kill a defense, but they only kill a defense 
if you make quick moves out of them mm-hmm. and if you're assertive and if you're going to make those quick moves and have a plan out of it. And I thought that was the issue today. Um, you can really have those guys on a string where you catch in the middle third of the floor. Great. You pound one dribble, you know, two guys are going to rush to you quickly throw it back out. I thought he held it for too long today and in credit Northwestern, they were scrappy. They got in there. Um, they were able to get their hands on some balls and, and turn them over. And that's what kind of sucked the life, you know, out of the, out of the state farm center. But you know, the guards weren't, innocent in this either um and sometimes they try to force feed it in there and that's where you get some more turnovers so you know kobe's going to get his 18 and 12 pretty much regardless of what you do in the game it's how can we work around it and and let's call a spade a spade i mean demonte misses three threes on one possession i mean this this game could have gotten to 25 quickly in in the second half and i'm not sure it it gets as close as it did uh you know but you have to find a way during those moments in the second half to say hey how can we figure out a way to get something going, whether that's downhill, turning the corner? I thought Trent had a couple opportunities to get downhill, coming off a ball screen, and he kind of retreat dribbled he and did a step back, back. every time. Yeah, yeah, like he had it with his left hand going downhill, and he did it actually at the end of the first half, almost hit his head on the backboard. So, you know, more of that, just even if you don't think you have an angle to get a basket, it's still getting down there to put the pressure on the defense. And I thought that was kind of the, you know, the story there in the second half of that Illini offense. We go back to the fan line. Give us call 217-356-9397. Marty is out in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Hey there, Marty. Morning. Well, I guess it's afternoon. Evan, it is. Scott and Mike. Hey, uh, yeah, it was an ugly second half, and that's called lack of focus across the board. I don't think they thought Northwestern was going to come at them like that. And Collins made some nice switch. You know, he brought some – he brought some traps to the post from blindside. He did some different things the second half, and they were scrappy. But, hey, it's good to win one like that uh, when you play ugly. I've got a thought I want to get Michael's thought on. It's not going to happen this time of year because it's too late in the season, et cetera. I watched Purdue have real trouble now. Of course, they came off an emotional game from Illinois and went to Michigan. And Michigan changed them up going back and forth between zones different types of man, different looks out of their man, uh, et cetera. I like uh, Omar Payne as an athletic big. I don't like him against physical bigs. Just too many fouls, and he's, he's not a big body yet, and he's more weight work. I'm wondering a little bit about a second unit with Hawkins. The three freshmen are throw one of the other guys in, and Payne um, – do a little zone trapping, a little zone look from time to time. It's just a like a line switch from hockey. I'm on the phone. Um, sorry about that, guys. Um, anyway, I'm wondering if that kind of look in the future uh, might be beneficial because I'm a little worried about, you know, Frazier, DeMonte, Granderson. Uh, Frazier, other than the Indiana game, hasn't been shooting the ball well the last four or five games with the Indiana exception to give those guys a little more time off their feet. Uh, it is a long season. They exert a lot on defense. Anyway, I'm wondering what Michael thinks about that because I, I think those guys are long and athletic, and Hawkins and Payne would do well in a zone trap type look or, or even a, a zone to pack line look. I think it's a great question, and, and I, all year, you know, it's different. When you have someone like Kofi who's going to play 30 minutes, you, you build this defensive personnel – around that sure. that anchor and I think for those guys for Payne and for Hawkins I 100% agree I think they would be better suited in more of a 
you know, hard hedge, you know, use Payne's length, string out that opposing ball handler. Um, but, you know, when you talk about zone, you know, Iowa does it really well where Iowa at times will, will do their 2-2-1 their full court, drop back into a, a zone match. And the zone match, you're really matched up, but you make it look like you're in a 2-3 zone. So you can kind of stay in position to, to get rebounds. That's the biggest thing for this team. They already have been struggling recently with defensive rebounding. So putting them in a zone situation, especially with smaller guards now, it, it, it makes it even more difficult to rebound when you don't have a, a certain guy that you're checking out uh, and they're getting free runs at the basket. So um, I think there's an avenue, whether it's a matchup zone or whether it's hard hedges up top with that particular personnel. But yeah, it all comes down to repping it in practice. And if you haven't repped it in practice, then it's really, really hard to just go and throw it in in the game because not only do you need to have the hard hedges that work, you need to have the different rotations that come out of it because you got to picture it, right? Someone comes off, hard hedge, throw it back to the, to the other guard. Now someone from the low has to rotate. And then, you know, if you don't work on that stuff, you're, you're typically giving up open threes and giving free runs of the basket for rebounds. But you're, you're exactly right. I think there is an avenue to utilize that, that athleticism in a different way defensively. Appreciate the call from Marty. We've got plenty of more calls to get here on the fan line as it's lit up. We go to Carol over in Normal. Good afternoon, Carol. husband and I would like to know why Luke Goody didn't get in today. Yeah, uh, not really sure. I, I thought the first angle that they showed from the TV looked like he was in street clothes, and then they showed him later, and he was not in street clothes. He's definitely out warming up, too, before the game. We'll, we'll keep scrolling the Twitter here. I imagine somebody will ask Brad Underwood in that post-game press conference, but uh, no no particular reason for Luke Goody not playing today. Okay, well, it was an exciting game, and we're on our way home now, so just wondered why he didn't get in. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I don't know if Mike has any thoughts on that. Was it a bad matchup from your eyes, or, or maybe it was something else? No, I think. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. The, the R.J. Melendez's emergence is, you know, it, it's going to send somebody out of the rotation. I mean, think about when R.J. wasn't playing, right? Luke typically was, and now R.J.'s playing. So it, it's you know, someone, uh, you know, is going to be the one that's that's kind of the odd man out in the situation. And I will say, too, uh, I know Brad Underwood had mentioned that Podjemski actually had what he, he thought was his best practice all year. Didn't even and play. I wanted to make the practice comment because typically it's, it's, it's how you're practicing. It really is. And I remember even just being in those practices, you could tell. I mean, if there was somebody that emerged that played, I remember when I cracked the rotation my junior year, it was typically because I was playing well in practice. It wasn't just, hey, let's just give this guy a shot. So <laughs> – um, maybe it's a practice thing. I, I don't know that for sure, but I do know R.J. Melendez's um, you know, emergence certainly has something to do with it. Yeah, Melendez played 17 minutes. Coleman Hawkins, as we've mentioned, had a better game. He played 13 minutes, and those are, are pretty much all the minutes for that spot. So uh, I, I guess we kind of explained it there, but maybe there's a, another reason. we got one more call here before we get to our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. Tyler says he's on the road to Effingham. Does that mean you were at the game, Tyler? Yeah, I was actually at the game. I'm just south of Arcola. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, um, I thought the first half was great. I actually covered it. I was out on the baseline covering the game, and I thought I thought the first half was Illinois basketball. Um, the second half, we played not I, we didn't play terrible. The, the passes weren't the greatest, but I mean, the player of the game, in my opinion, goes to obviously Melendez. I mean, he's he's proven himself to 
him, I mean, not get a starting spot, of course, yet, but he's proven himself to be the sixth seventh man off the bench. Um, yeah, I, I have to re-ask that question uh, about why, I, I guess, what under, we'll figure out what Underwood says, but about Goody and kind of, he's he's been a spark, and I'm surprised he didn't play much today. So, um, Plummer, obviously, playing well, shooting lights out of the ball in the first half, and then, of course, he had a had a rough second half, and the whole team did, but um, you control your own destiny now, of course, with they, they played not to lose in the second half, but the takeaway I have is they're playing great. They're playing at a, at a level where they haven't even played at their best even. And Corbello needs to stop that being Io DeSumo. He's a great player, but he's got to stop turning the ball over in key moments. Um, so that's my take on it. I'm headed back to FEM to get back to my buddies to watch the Super Bowl. Go Illini. Go Illini. Safe travels. Thanks for calling in here on the Fasters, et cetera, post-game show. I mean, Brad Underwood in the press conference has been glowing about R.J. Melendez, and I, I wonder if, to your point, Mike, he may, he's played himself into that right now. I don't know that that's necessarily a knock on Luke Goody, but freshman going to freshman sometimes, if, if, if so. But also, to me, it didn't look like uh, they need a Luke Goody out there on the floor right now. It's not like the guards were just struggling and they needed somebody who could shoot threes, too. I'm not saying that's all Luke Goody's good for. I'm just saying what Melendez brought with his athleticism and is more of a, a wing-type guy, they needed. For sure, and I, and I think it's it's funny. The You look at the upcoming schedule. You may need a Luke Goody at the rack uh, coming up here on Wednesday because, that I mean, that's what Rutgers is. They are, they are toughness. Uh, you know, they are – whatever John Rothstein says when he tweets it out, you know, Steve Peichel pounding nails or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, that, that's really what they do. And, you know, I, I think, like I said, with those freshmen, it's just kind of a, a carousel, right? It's who's got it going. And RJ Melendez, I'm, it's not even a situation now. And I think his, his play today, his play against Purdue has kind of solidified it. I mean, he had the most minutes off the bench today. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I think that's going to stay the same. I think that's, if not going to increase, Curbelo may – surpass him in certain games depending on what Curbelo's doing hopefully it's not four turnovers in 16 minutes but you know I, I think you've seen enough now to where you're not like hey it's this flash in the pan this freshman had a great kind of outlier game or hey it's a little bit of an aberration um he's in it like he is he's in the he's in the heart of the rotation now um and sometimes for freshmen you kind of it makes you nervous a little bit but six seven long you know, block shots, two steals today, seven for 10 from three on the year. Is he going to be a 70% three-point shooter for the rest of his career? I don't know. He's probably breaking NCAA record. But, you <laughs> know, but the way he's been able – yeah, the way he's been able to do it and it's just his poise. I, I think that's the biggest thing with the freshman is I think R.J. Melendez has learned throughout the season what his limitations are. And, and I think he really plays to that. And, and a freshman that knows that is a freshman that's typically going to stay on the floor. And uh, and Luke Goody's the same way and Pajemski the same way. Like – you know, this is what a really good team. You sit at the top of the Big Ten, you know, these freshmen, you look at Michigan, it's hard to win with freshmen. I know they've been doing it lately, but it really is hard to win with freshmen. And that's why when you play for a really good team, the freshmen start to get, you know, closer towards the end of the bench as opposed to the to the starting lineup. So his emergence has been great, and I don't think it's the last that we're going to see Luke Goody. I think he's going to be out there in certain moments, and what a luxury for for Brad Underwood to have to throw those guys in certain moments. Can I just say, it's a legitimate question. But if Luke Goody got significant minutes today and R.J. Melendez didn't, 
people would be asking why wasn't RJ Melendez getting more minutes. There's yeah, only so many more minutes to yeah. go around. Right. Yeah, it's a it, it'll change. Yeah, it, it, we'll get the that call after next game when Luke Goody plays 12 minutes and, and <laughs> Melendez gets four minutes. So, you know, it, it, it nothing's set in stone with this Illinois team because of all the talent, I would say. Okay, our MX Electrifying Player of the Game is brought to you by MX Electric. They want to be your electrician. When you're in need of electrical service, both residential and commercial, call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project. And remember, relax, call Max. We had a call on or, uh, on the fan line suggest R.J. Melendez is the player of the game, which I, I, I agree. Agree to an extent. I, I thought uh, his spark off the bench was huge. His free throws and rebounding down the stretch were huge. But we, we I, I'm sorry, but we all know that the reason why everything was created is because Kofi Coburn is rebounding <laughs> and Kofi Coburn is scoring. A- am I am I off base? I know he had six turnovers, but a, a lot of the offense and the defense goes through Kofi. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's kind of neck and neck right between Kofi and Melendez for me you know 19 and 15 certainly nothing to scoff at and the six turnovers and kind of the moment that they had it kind of it was in the middle of that northwestern run you know three for six from the free throw line I think that's you know the free throws RJ Melendez kind of closed the door from the free throw line in the second half and had a big rebound um, when it was a five-point game got beat on a back door recovered block shot like you know, and his two threes to to, to start the game when he came in, uh, you know, I, to me, it's Melendez, um, just because I'm not sure you look at the rest of these guys in this team and their performance today. If you don't get anything from, from Melendez today, this may end up being a different game. Um, you could say the same about Kobe for sure. Uh, so I tie, it's probably close to a tie for me, which is probably against all you know, electrifying player of the game uh, <laughs> rules. But uh, I, I just think what he offered in his 17 minutes was was pretty incredible and, in, you know, not turning the ball over and the six or six on the free throw line for a team that shot 13 for 19 is, is huge. Well, break, if it's a tie, tie, coin flip, first guy to possess the ball, if he scores a touchdown, then, oh, never mind. Um, I mean, we, we, we have sometimes had non-Kofi category winners, so in that case, it would be for sure would be Melendez. My my needle was pointing Melendez, but I, I hear your point. I'm going to go no, Melendez. No, no, you. I'm going Melendez. I was convinced. Oh, oh, you are going Melendez. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. I was going to say because if you voted for Kofi, then we'd have to go with Kofi. But I had kind of bought into the Melendez side, so we're going to give the MX electrifying player of the game. But big guy, no, no disrespect. No, no, you, you know, just look at your 15 other MX electrifying player trophies and, and weep <laughs> yeah. a little bit as RJ Melendez is going to get the player of the game for us here. Don't today. be so downtrodden, Kofi. If you didn't get it today. <laughs> Curbelo splits two defenders down the lane in the corner. Melendez for three. Got yes, it. Curbelo to Melendez for three. And the freshman knocks down the big jumper from the deep corner. Looking inside for Coburn. Back to Curbelo. Eight to shoot. No look pass to Melendez. Right side three. And he's two for two. Melendez with his second three of the game. Boy, you're starting to really like the way he's playing. 14 points, six boards, probably most importantly, as Mike pointed out, zero turnovers and six of six from the free throw line in 17 minutes. The freshman gets our MX electrifying player of the game. Big first set, but we've got plenty of time for more calls. We've got a lot of text to get to here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show.
Hi, this is Max with MX Electric, and I just want to say, let's go Illini. If you have any electrical needs, remember, relax, call Max. You can visit mxelectric.net. Our parents have always been heroes, but when they begin to show signs of memory loss, we have to be the ones to save the day. Autumn Leaves of Savoy offers compassionate memory care in a cottage-style setting that feels just like home. Their inspired connections programming nurtures the complete individual, honoring their unique life story to provide meaningful moments of joy each day. And with Autumn Leaves' family-first focus, you can be confident that you've found the best home for mom or dad. Learn more today at autumnleaves.com. Just quit. Oh no, now we're gonna be on the side of the road. No, we're not. We're gonna call somebody and they're gonna come pick us up. It's easy. Watch, I need a tow truck. I can't go truck. My car don't seem to want to go no more truck. So I called you because I'm stuck, truck, and I need you to come pick me up. Ted Men's Towing 328 2424. Ted Men's Towing 24 hours every day. 328 2424. We have pull and we're hooked on you. Ted Men's Hey, Illini fans. Thanks for voting Dick Van Dyke Appliance World number one in Champaign County for a fourth straight year. Come see our newly remodeled showroom on North Neal. Wow. What's Casasa checking with Prospect Bank? It's like adding points to the scoreboard for being a good team player. Open an account online at bankprospect.com. Member FDIC. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. On the left wing now to Frazier, gets the pick, rolls right, now left down the lane, lay up, nope, pass in the corner, Williams for three. Got it. I like that better. Running it out top, gets it to Coleman Hawkins. Banging bodies in the lane, in the corner, finds Plummer, shoots the three, got another one. Alfonso Plummer with his third three of the half. Yeah, lost in that ugly second half was possibly the best first half from Illinois all season. I mean, they were locked in defensively, they were hitting shots. It looked good, but you kind of forget about it when you got 14 turns in the second half. You can't hit your throws. Somebody texted to me last week, I think Illinois is the worst front end of the one-and-one free-throw shooting team <laughs> in the country. I think they missed all four of their front end of the one-and-ones here today. But they do enough to secure the win and hold on to first place here in the Big Ten 73-66. They ended up 12-17 on the free-throw Because R.J. Melendez made 6-6. Six six. <laughs> And that's, and that's why I, I thought, A, they were playing to not lose late, and I didn't like the look on Jacob Grandison's face walking off the floor or when he was shooting free throws or when the nation's leading free throw shooter misses two free throws. Yeah. I, I, that's just not a good sign to me. But they won, yeah. so hopefully they can just wash that away. Yeah, it just seemed like they went into halftime like, yeah, we're good. And then Northwestern went on that run, nineteen to two, and Illinois. Illinois is a better team than Northwestern, and their betterness won them this game. <laughs> Plenty of text here on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Thank goodness for RJ. Says two one seven texter. That was a UGLY second half. The icy shooting has me worried. Uh, the the shooting, it's tale of two different games. You know they just couldn't hit a shot 
against Purdue, and today I thought it was just a lack of offensive flow, and it led to forced threes. They weren't even really getting that many good looks in the second half. Would they end up one of 13? One of 13. Sheesh. Uh, so not good there. 217 Texter says double salute to Melendez and now retired photographer Mark Jones. Yep, they honored him. Uh, during the ball game, uh, he's been shooting photography for Fighting Illini Athletics for a long time, and today was his last game mm. shooting uh, Illinois basketball games, at least. So, shout out to him. And most importantly, they give a double salute to all for the post game. LFG. We won't spell that one out for you guys. Uh, if there was a professional dodgeball league, DeMonte would be a lottery pick. <laughs> uh, somebody else had one of those in this game. Was that Payne or Grandison? Maybe they're they're trying out for that dodgeball league as well. Um, and uh, three one two texter says the team is clearly still trying to figure out the rotation with guys being healthy. Would like to see Kohawk dial it up on offense and give us another weapon off the bench. And a couple of other texts, you know, along the lines asking about playing time. You know, uh, Crabello didn't play a whole lot in the second half. Demonte didn't play a whole lot in the second half, and and that's the the point where you're just riding the hot hand. And I, I wonder if that possession where Demonte shot three threes and didn't make a single one, how much he played after that. Yeah, well, I think in, in the in the first half, especially the quality of looks that they got as a team. Here, here's the way I look at it. And I was thinking of it during the game. Like, how can I, art- I articulate this in the best way possible? You can't mistake, you know, when you're getting easy shots to start the game, you can't just mistake that for taking any shot. And, and I'll explain this a little bit more and give a little bit more color around it. They were getting easy shots to start the game, but it was because they were patient coming off of ball screens, getting downhill, drawing in the defense, kicking it. It, you know, you start to think that you're getting all these open shots. And then in the end, at the end of the first half, and really in the second half, I thought the shot selection dipped a little bit uh, because you start thinking that you can just take any shot uh, and it's going to go in. But here's the thing. I was absolutely, with DeMonte specifically, you know, it, it took a little wind out of his sail, I thought. You know, he missed those three. And then if you remember the next offensive possession, he goes in for the left-handed layup after a great cut, gets hit in the eye, and, and Nance blocks the shot. So I think that was just kind of, Injury to insult, insult to injury, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, look, the, here's the thing. I mean, this is the whole depth thing again. If R.J. Melendez has it going and Kofi Coburn's still in there and you want Plummer and Frazier in there and Granison's still in there, someone's got to come out. <laughs> someone's got to be out of the game. And, and I think that's what you see. I mean, I you know, it's much less of what DeMonte wasn't doing and it's much more of what R.J. Melendez was doing. I mean, you got to think. They play the same possession position. Um a little bit more length there from Melendez. Uh, probably a better defense. They're probably a wash rebounding wise, but um, but he had it going offensively, and I and I think that was something that you look at. And mature teams are able to do that, where a fifth year senior doesn't feel slighted when he's not playing a lot of minutes down the stretch. And you know what's going to happen next game? Demonte's probably going to be in at the you know at you know the crux of the game and 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 make a big play. So um, I keep saying it over and over again. It's a luxury to have. Love to see it. Go back to the fan line. You can ring in your thoughts, 217-356-9397. Tony's in Champaign. Hey there, Tony. Hi, guys. Just calling about the football, I mean the basketball game. <laughs> it seemed like a little bit of a football game to me. Um, I did, You know, I hear callers say that or comments that they were trying not to, to not lose. And I just, I felt like in the second half that 
Northwestern did a really, really good job of changing their defense, disguising their defense. It was, I think that uh, Illinois players were kind of confused. And then, you know, the court, and not all the time, but when they finally figured it out, they had eight seconds left on the shot clock and they had to do something quickly. And then that's when they threw the ball away. So I credit Northwestern with playing much better defense in the first half. They were kind of playing Matador, but in the second half, I thought they, they were really playing hard. And then somehow Collins figured out how to get three guys on Kofi all the time. Every time he got the ball, he had three guys on him, no matter, you know, which side of the court he was on. Um, I felt like the officials were horrible both ways. Not really horrible, but almost horrible both ways. So I thought that was consistent. And I felt like Andre Cabrero, I still feel like he's not 100%. I think that sometimes he gets lost out there, you know, in his normal play to just dribble around until he makes something happen. And I think my last comment is I wish Alfonso Plummer would be have more awareness of the game situation. I mean, Trent has the breakaway that he decides to turn out and then Plumber comes in. Certainly it was a rhythm shot, but he jacks up a three. And what was there, like a minute and 30 seconds left or something? I don't remember. That was – Yeah, you, yeah. You guys know what play I'm talking about. Yeah, yep. Like, just dribble the ball, man. Let them foul you and go to the foul line, crying out loud. But, you know, he, he makes me think of Mike McGee. You guys aren't old enough probably to know who Mike McGee was. He played for Michigan, and he never saw a shot he didn't like. I mean, that guy – would come over the midcourt line and shoot it, and there was no three-point back then. So that's a plumber. When he's hot, man, he's hot, and you just give him the ball. But when he's cold, he just starts throwing it up until he gets hot again. And game situation, fellas, that's all I say. But I credit – I really credit Northwestern for changing their defense. It felt like, you know, they, at least maybe they knew what they were doing in the second half compared to the first half. I'd like to know what Mike thinks about it. It was like a matchup zone kind of thing where they had – Always had two guys on the ball, it seemed like. Well, I appreciate the call, Tony, but uh, I, I thought Illinois forced their own turnovers nine times out of ten in the second half. You know, it's Kofi not squeezing the melon, you know, like a man. It's these soft yeah. handoffs uh, between DeMonte and Grandison. I thought there was a, a lot of unforced errors and turnovers in the second half. Yeah, I'll, I'll make the point, Tony. And you make a, a, lot of, a lot of good points there. Um, first one I'll make is I was actually shocked in the first half that Northwestern came out in the ball screen coverage that they came out in because these sideline ball screens, they went hard hedge with Pete Nance and Ryan Young. And what blew me away was if you go hard hedge against Illinois, you're basically saying, we just hope you miss shots. And they didn't in the first half. And in the second half, they did. And not only that, I thought that Illinois, in a way, kind of abandoned the sideline ball screens and just went for round one, we're going to throw it into Kofi. And that kind of let this Northwestern team continue to pack it in. And, and you mentioned how three, having three guys on him, and that's that's why. I mean, you throw it in, they're already packed in. That's how their defense is designed. If you go back to more of the ball sideline ball screen stuff, you got a picture, right? Come off the sideline ball screen and talk about it. Like Throw it back to another guard. Guard drives. Now they're in rotation. That's how you get the open threes that you had in the first half. You still had some in the second half. He didn't make them, and I think that's what the plan was. Hey, you know they're not going to they're not going to make 18 threes in this game. I guess this Illinois team's shown that they've done that this year, but you know they're relying on that. And the other thing too is what what blew my mind is you get Kofi in a sideline ball screen on the roll. It's the low guards for Northwestern that have to hold down the fort on Kofi. And if you have a big that's hard hedging, 
he is now returning to Kofi, and that gives Kofi a chance to root him up the lane and get early post position. So I couldn't believe that they went to that, and Illinois made him pay in the in the first half. Second half, they missed shots, but they also turned the ball over. And then I, I wanted to get to the to the Alfonso Plummer ill-advised shot at the end. <laughs> and I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to be like, come on, Mike, that's on Alfonso Plummer. That's on Trent Frazier. You got to know your personnel offensively. If you flip that ball – to Alfonso Plummer, that shot is going up. Hold on to the ball, get it set. And, and I thought, you know, it's Trent does amazing things, and he's probably 99.9% of the time not the guy to blame. But in that scenario, <laughs> hold on to it. If you give it up, you know if it gets in his hands, that it's going up, and that's exactly what happened. Shooter's going to shoot. <laughs> right. But don't you think maybe Frazier was thinking, surely he knows the game situation. He'll just dribble it until they foul him. No, I think I think Frazier was trying to get him to shoot it too. Yeah, I think they're like, hey, let's just go home. Yeah, (laughs) go in for the dagger. We're we're not we're not complaining as much, but it's still. I was I was glad that they held on. They kind of uh, lost as they did at Purdue. They lost their composure, but they they did lose their composure a little bit. Started trying to do too much and throwing the ball away and. You know, I, gosh, I wish I could. If I could play basketball like that one guy, you know, driving to the basket, just picking it up and putting it, dribbling it again and picking it up. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Those officials were. But I, th- I think, I don't know, do you agree that the officials were kind of bad both ways? I think that Illinois got away with a lot of stuff, and so did, so did Northwestern. I, I was pretty surprised. Um, I don't know. It's hard to be surprised nowadays with, with some of the officiating, but um, – Conference to conference, it's just it's. I watched a, yeah. a West Virginia Baylor game a couple weeks ago, and it, it was a massacre, and there was nothing being no. called. And yeah. then you watch, you'll watch Michigan Illinois a couple weeks ago, and everything's getting called. And you watch this game, it really is. It's like the human element where you have different refs in there, and it maybe something different. And I think I do think Kofi's probably the hardest um, person to officiate in college basketball, and and he got fouled almost every time he went up oh, the yeah. ball, and I, and I thought that bothered him. And I think, but then it's like he got fouled every time, but also Northwestern bigs all have four fouls. So it's just, you know, you can't call him every single time. That's kind of the Bob Huggins, right? We're going to, we're going to beat the crap out of you. And there's no way you're going to call a foul on every single possession. So that was the Northwestern train of thought today. (laughs) You can, but you don't call him every time. Right. The other part of it, I've I've mentioned this in previous uh, call in, you know, previous post games that I'm concerned that with the big 10, the way they play, the way the refs just let them murder each other. And you can almost predict it. it this was different flow. I, um, what game was it where you, the other night where they, it was, the, it was Michigan and Purdue where they started out the game calling all this tic-tac stuff in the beginning of the game. And then, oh, let's play, let them play, fellas. And they murdered each other and nothing's called. And then they get to the, near the end of the game, eight minutes left, and they start calling tic-tacs again. And it's just like, decide what you're going to call and call it all the way through the game. But, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's part of the game you got to get used to. My bigger concern is this tournament time. How many Big Ten teams are going to want to go in there and maul the team they're playing with, and they got their best players on the bench because of it? Yeah, consistently hey, inconsistent. We will do that. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tony. All right.
And, and maybe the, the biggest thing about the Illini finding their mental edge is just playing through that crap, right? You can't, you, you can't do anything about the refs. That's Brad's job. That's the assistant coach's job. You just got to go out there and, and play. And I think Brad said it that that was the most frustrated Kofi's got been this season. Sure, but you, you still just, just got to play. And, and just being mentally tough is going to get Illinois through this last four weeks of the regular season. We got to do our peak and insurance beyond the expected moment of the game. Don't fall behind early in the game. Build up a solid lead against the unexpected with peak and insurance. Visit peakandinsurance.com or contact a local peak and insurance agent to start defending your assets. Well, we kind of shot my highlight here for the peak and insurance uh, play, but uh, we, we've got more from him because. Uh, I, I would say, even though we've been saying Melendez is on his way to, to being a guy, that he, his play today was unexpected. Well, there was certainly a play that was unexpected. That was a great pass and a finish from Coleman Hawkins to him. Yeah, I see, uh, and I did save that one. So so we'll we'll use that one. R.J. Melendez. See, the problem is, when a guy like me sitting there, the, you know, in between scores is your time – to like, oh, I could, you know, if you're making a note or marking something and you look down. You miss it. And I missed it. <laughs> I mean, you just hear the, oh, from the whole crowd. <laughs> so RJ Melendez bringing in all the hardware today. We're going to give him our peak in insurance beyond the expected moment of the game. I guess in conjunction with Coleman Hawkins as well. Elijah Williams drives in, blocked by Omar Payne. Fast break, Illinois. Hawkins oh. to Melendez. That is your future right there. Yeah, I guess that is the future right there. It's so interesting to me that this is the first year that Brad Underwood has not regularly started regularly started a freshman in in the lineup, and he he hasn't needed to. And on the flip side, you know, in, in years past when you had Io and Kofi, I mean, of course you're going to start them, and even Adam Miller last year and Trent in year number one, but it's been, a, it was a long time since a true freshman has not regularly been in the starting lineup. And that's a luxury of riches right now for Brad Underwood. Well, uh, yeah, love to see it with, what is it? Three super seniors on the roster. Um, don't, don't have to count on the freshmen. And maybe that gives them more confidence that, that when they step in they're they're being counted on and, and they've got to fill their role for the, the veteran guys when they're out. So, uh, more texts on the way. If you want to call in before the Super Bowl gets going, you can do that as well. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. As your family grows, so does your responsibility to protect them, even if you're suddenly absent. Pekin Life Insurance Company offers a transitional life insurance policy that provides a high-level life insurance benefit during the years you need it the most and ends with a guaranteed paid-up policy that will be there for the rest of your life. Learn more at PekinInsurance.com or call your local independent Pekin Insurance agent about flexible and affordable life insurance today. I'm Chaz Holder from Holder Wealth Management. The world of investing is complex. There are thousands of different financial products available, and new ones are created every week. Chances are pretty good that you've been approached by a broker with an offer to buy some type of investment. But how do you know if it's the right investment for you? What are your fees and commissions? And did you know that most active managers generally don't outperform the overall market over time? 
Maximizing your wealth requires making smart investment decisions. At Holder Wealth Management, we don't sell products or seek commissions on merely suitable investments. We're fiduciaries, and that means we put our clients' personal interests above all else, the highest level of care. Because navigating the complexities of wealth planning requires someone you trust. So give me a call at 217-398-4015 and let us at Holder Wealth Management help guide you through the process. Hey, Illini fans, thanks for voting Dick Van Dyke Appliance World number one in Champaign County for a fourth straight year. Come see our newly remodeled showroom on North Neal. Wow. Did you see the last rebound he got? Yes, where I his, did. Where his head was? <laughs> yeah, that's what I told Brian. I was like, oh, man, he skied in there to get the rebound. I, I keep telling everybody he's going to be a special player in this league, and, and it's just it's, it, it's starting to grow. We're starting to see his confidence, uh, you know, on a day that we needed him. I mean, Jake and Jake and DeMonte weren't, weren't very good. Yeah. I thought Coleman was really good. But, you know, it's it, you have those days. It's February. You know, it's just it's 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 that time of year, and you've got to have energy. You've got to have tremendous emotion, and, and we didn't have that today, uh, especially when it got uh, into the second half. And then, you know, we've got to clean up some things situation-wise late that we, we didn't handle very well. Some of head coach Brad Underwood's thoughts on this game. Young guys stepping up in the Illini win over Northwestern 73-66. Back-to-back years in February that Illinois and Northwestern have played a game that ended 73-66. Purely coincidence, but, you know, just one of those things that you notice and you got to point out. I love it. Not in the numerology or anything, but uh, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, Plenty of thoughts still here on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Um, uh, 815 texter uh, talking about the the physicality of this game. And, and, uh, yeah, it it turns some people off if you focus on it. I... Maybe it's hanging out with Lauren too much, but I don't get quite as worked up about the refs as I used to at one point. You know, there are certain times where uh, I think things are egregious. Luke Goody grabbing a guy by the waist and getting a flagrant one, whereas last night in the Ohio State-Michigan game, some guy clobbered a dude in the head and they called it a common foul. It's like, all right, where's the consistency there? But uh, a lot of the times it's just going out there and playing your game because – the refs are, are going to call what they call. As long as you take care of your business, um, they they shouldn't have an effect on it. Uh, 309 Texter says, how many times did Kofi have the ball stripped? Too many times would be the answer to that. Uh, somebody wondering about Goody. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen anything on, on Twitter. So no. it sounds like uh, it was just the R.J. Melendez game and, and just not enough minutes for for Luke Goody to see the floor, um, two and seven texter wondering why Trent isn't shooting. Um, it he, it's in spurts, right? There, there's times where he's turning the corner and then he's turning it into a step back three that he misses. He had a really good look where he got to the lane and he scored. He had another one where he kicked it out to the three for a corner or to the corner for a three, but only seven shots here from Trent today. Mike, I want yeah, you to well, go, go, go ahead, ahead Mike. No, 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 you, you, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. I, I think the comment that I'll make about Trent is someone's got to, someone's got to get people involved, right? I, I mean, if Trent's going to sit here and take 14 shots, 
who's the guy getting six assists like Trent did today? Uh, I know Corbello had two in his 16 minutes, but four turnovers. You know, I, it's amazing. Like if we if we viewed Trent as a true point guard, then yeah, seven shots, six assists, like you know, seven point six assists. You're like, ah, it's not a bad game. I think we're we're just accustomed to seeing Trent go nuclear in, in some of these games, and sometimes that's not needed. You know, you would have loved to see it today, but but what's you know what's really the difference, right? He goes one for five from three, hits one more, he's two for five, and we're like, oh yeah, he had a great game, or, <laughs> or he shot it well. Uh, you know, and, and and you don't even look at it like that, but. Um, I, I'll make the comment real quick about the refs. No one's ever going to like it, right? I, I mean, how many times have you left the game and you're walking out of the arena and you look over to your buddy and go, that was a hell of an officiated game. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Rarely. Like, no one does it. So it's, you know, it's just, it's either too many fouls or too many whistles, not enough whistles. I don't know. I, I'm with you, Evan. I think I, over the years, and especially like when you're there, you just try not to get caught up with it. I know when I was there, it was just kind of, hey, leave it to, leave it to Coach Gross, and then Rose's coat or does something, and <laughs> and I don't know, gets the refs' attention. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't put a lot of stock into it. Next game, Illinois, and there's been plenty of times this year where Illinois has gotten a good whistle compared to the other team. So it's just it, it all tends to to even out. You just can't be the team that's caught up in it. I guess. Yeah, there were a couple times today where I, I was shocked there wasn't a whistle on Illinois. Um, I. Again, we we have somewhat of a blocked view, so I can't see players from the waist down. But I thought there was a couple of travels that didn't get called and and what have you, uh, guys. Just for fodder, Seth Davis has put out his top twenty-five uh, for going into this week. Purdue, ten. No, oh, geez. Illinois, six. That's overreaction. Six. He tweeted that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Again, it's sounds, one guy. That, that sounds like a that sounds like a clicks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, that feels that feels like how much traction can I get? How much? How how mad can I get the Purdue fans? And I I don't know. The, Seth Davis. I actually remember specifically Seth Davis. Funny you bring him up. 2012, 2013, We go into Gonzaga, and specifically, I remember Seth Davis saying something along the lines of "No chance for us in that game." And I actually think that assistant coach Jamal Walker tweeted at him after the game <laughs> and said something. I remember we were on the bus and he sent it and it was, it was awesome. So I always have like a, and I also set Davis. I think at one point I was 18 for 18 from the free throw line in my career at Illinois. And I missed two. Uh, the only two I think I missed. And I went back and watched the tape and it was Seth Davis who was addressing the fact that I had not missed <laughs> Yep. And got the announcer's <laughs> jinx. So I said Davis said that he rattles my cage a little bit, I guess. It's amazing the power we have. If there's, if there's one thing that gets in Mike Latulip's head, it's Seth Davis. We don't use it to stop wars or anything like that or find cures for diseases. <laughs> we use it to uh, we use it to get somebody to miss a free throw. Love it. <laughs> News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. Uh, I don't want it to, to be lost once again, in that first half, you know, like Mike pointed out, Trent did a really good job facilitating. Everybody did. There were four different guys with multiple assists, 10 assists on 17 buckets. It, it, I, there was a text. I don't know if I read it or not. It, there was the last week or two, Illinois was a second half team 
well, today they were a first-half team, and it's always the same kind of things, you know. They're moving the ball on offense. They're playing really good defense. And if they do that for 40 minutes, sure, I'll put Illinois 6 or 3 or, or maybe even number 1 in the country. But uh, until they do that, I don't know if I can put them ahead of Purdue. I mean, it's what have you done for me lately is the rankings. So Purdue lost to was, uh, uh, who did, oh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, they lost to Michigan, and Illinois just beat Northwestern at home. I don't quite get that one, but I'm sure the Illini like the pub. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we, why not? Why not? We'll, we'll take it. Uh, we got our keys to the game coming up. Running out of time here on the Fast Nurses Sarah Post Game Show. How well do you know your insurance company? Uh, well, I know I pay each month, and I'm covered. Okay. Are you sure you have the best rates? Do you have the right coverage for your needs? Are you paying for things you don't need? Well, I haven't actually talked to my agent. I, I just assumed... Talk to a real person. Talk to someone local and see the difference. Myers Insurance Group is local and independent, and we're always here to talk. You are not a number. Your family, Myers Insurance Group, we work for you. When there's work to do, ground to break, earth to move, and a reputation to uphold, you need the durable Kubota RTV-X. Built with half-ton capabilities, industry-leading heavy-duty features, and a cargo bed that easily transitions into a second row of seating, the RTV-X is North America's number one selling diesel utility vehicle. Visit your local Kubota dealer and test drive one today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit Berkey's at 2202 South High Cross Road in Urbana. Hey, Illini fans. Thanks for voting Dick Van Dyke Appliance World number one in Champaign County for a fourth straight year. Come see our newly remodeled showroom on North Neal. Wow. Hi, this is Max with MX Electric, and I just want to say let's go Illini. If you have any electrical needs, remember, relax, call Max. You can visit mxelectric.net. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397. Or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. timeout he slams it in and hard too man he about ripped the rim off Payne with that great leaping ability that didn't work quite like I wanted it to but we need uh, one more fader yeah just one more all right we'll we'll call Peter's people but um yeah, Omar Payne, that screen and roll dunk, and then the R.J. Melendez dunk. You really thought the Illini were on their way at that point. They still did end up with the victory, but uh, not quite as easy as some might have thought. Back here on the Fasters, etc. post-game show, Evan Scott. Mike with you, Kathy, helping us out behind the scenes as well. We've had plenty of calls here on the fan line. Uh, still plenty of texts, uh, 309 texter. Wonders if Melendez is the best athlete on the Illinois basketball team. Um, I don't know. We we'll have to get him out there and do the broad jump and the 40, 40 yard dash <laughs> shuttle run. and the shuttle run and and <laughs> and we'll compare them. But uh, dude's got some bounce, that's for sure. And uh, he's physical. He can get the rebounds and, and all that. So 
I'd say he's he's pretty athletic. Um, Here's a a question for you, Mike, 859 texter, wondering what's with Plummer's second-half woes? It it seems like it's almost every game that teams are are either making second-half adjustments or sometimes I I feel like he's – maybe it was just in the flow or the lack of the flow of offense here today. He just didn't get the ball a lot in his hands in the second half. Yeah, it's also just law of averages. Um, you know, you, you, you can't go – was he going to go 10 for 11 today? Uh, I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible. Jordan Bohannon almost did it the other day. But um, that stuff tends to even out a little bit. You know, when you have a, a four for five or, uh, you know, half, it's, you know, typically you can have another four for five half. It's just not likely. And typically the, you know, the defensive attention starts to ramp up a little bit. Um, and we've even seen that, you know, uh, the Mizzou game was the first time we saw plumbers start to get what you would call blitzed or hard hedged off of the ball screens that he comes off of. So, you know, they, they obviously want to give him out of, get it out of his hands. They're on high alert. And, um, but yeah, there's something to it, but at the same time, remember, you know, you think about the, the Purdue game at home, you know, he, he has, he starts off cold and then, you know, hits five threes and at the end of regulation and overtime. So, you know, it all balances out um, with a guy like that. Uh, but obviously you want to see them going in. Uh, I was just doing some some quick math here. We, we've got a text message who, who dug into the advanced stats, and we appreciate them for that. RJ Melendez apparently has a very high true shooting percentage, and it's higher than what Io DeSumo had in his freshman year. But coming into today and even after the game, R.J. Melendez sits at a grand total of 34 field goal attempts for the season. All right. Io's least amount of field goal attempts for a season, if I have that right here, is something like 400. So you got to watch out for the sample size on that. But R.J. is, is – Brad's been saying it for weeks. Everybody else has been saying it for weeks. He's he's going to be a big part of, of this team going forward. And 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 I don't want to appear as a know-it-all here, so I'll let somebody else explain what true field goal percentage is. Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a lot of factoring. It, it factors in the three-pointers that you make and weights them differently than, than two-point makes. That's so right. right now he's seven for ten from three, so his true shooting percentage is going to be a little bit higher. But the good thing about R.J. Melendez is, you know, the shooting – like, he's not going to be 70% in his career. He's just not. But luckily, that's not the reason why we're all clamoring for him to be on the court. That'd be a different story where it's like, oh, my God, he shoots it so well, keep him in. I think it's, a, it's like almost a cherry on top for – everything else that he offers and that's length defensively. That's yep. great defensive rebounding. That's just headiness on the offensive end, you know, doesn't turn it over. So uh, yeah, the true, the true shooting percentage stuff, um, you know, just basically factors in if you are making threes, it just weights them differently than, than two point makes. So there we go. Thank you for sharing that. Cause again, I could have, but I wanted somebody else to do it. And, and yeah, it, yeah, I yeah, appreciate you passing the ball there. Yep. yep. <laughs> And it, 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 the, the reasoning makes sense. So let's get to our keys to the game, hey? Brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank invested and brought to you by Hickory River Smokehouse. What were your keys to this Illinois Big Ten win? Well, <laughs> it's hard to – the second half they weren't executing well, so it's hard to pick on – I mean, they – they they 
they moved the ball well enough. They were flowing so well offensively in the first half. And they were playing defense so well that it sort of covered up the second half. So my my key was great. My key is great offense in the first half. In the second half, in the stretch minutes there, it was Kofi Coburn and then the clutch free throws from from RJ Melendez. So there you go. I mean, it, it you can't carry there's just nothing that was that carried over from the first half to the second. Mike, what do you got? I think that the yeah, the key to the game for me, as you kind of mentioned, you alluded to it a little bit there, was the free throws. I know they shot a few at the end, but they were able to, you know, during that stretch in the second half, Kofi got fouled a couple of times. I know he missed both at one point, but um I think he did end up making three straight um at one point there and that ended up being the difference they only shot i, I believe two in the first half um yes and they were able to shoot 17 in the second half so um that helps for sure making them helps melinda's going six or six helps um you know 20 turnovers <laughs> especially when you have six after halftime finding ways to to limit that but you know I, I do think that they were they were active defensively too um you know, and I think he hit enough threes in the first half to at least stretch the lead enough to feel comfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I think the free throws there um, and, and really closing out the game, defensive rebounding was was huge, right? I, you know, I think on, on the defensive glass specifically, you you know, you out rebound them by eleven. Um, that's huge, and then you double them up uh, on, on the glass on the offensive end as well. So you do that, give yourself enough chances, especially when your offense isn't clicking. Um, you know, that's certainly a key. Yeah, the, those were my keys. If there was one thing that carried throughout, it was Illinois getting back to their rebounding roots. Uh, plus 17 on the glass and only three second-chance points allowed to Northwestern. So attacking the defensive glass, even getting back at it on the offensive side, 11 offensive boards leading to second-chance points. And then, yeah, that, that goes right along with the defense. I don't think they, they had a, a lot of good looks all night, um, except for uh, a few times they let Barry sneak away on, on the three-point line. So those are our keys to the game, brought to you by Hickory River Smokehouse for Real Texas Barbecue. It's Hickory River Smokehouse. Dine-in, drive through pick-up, order online at hickoryriver.com and by Hickory Point Bank. Coming up to last call here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Hi, I'm Dan Marker with Hickory Point Bank. Champagne is full of businesses run by hardworking entrepreneurs. From family-owned shops and restaurants to companies with hundreds of employees, local businesses are making a positive impact in our community. We get it. We understand local businesses because we are a local business. There are no faceless corporations that make our decisions. We make our own, just like you. You're local, we're local, and we're all working to make our hometown an even better place. Hickory Point Bank & Trust, member FDIC. There's nothing better than real Texas barbecue and no better place to get it than Hickory River Smokehouse. Every cut of beef brisket, turkey breast, pork shoulder, and on-the-bone chicken are rubbed with a signature spice blend and infused with real hickory smoke for a juicy award-winning flavor. Add one of their famous sides and it's a meal. Open for drive through takeout, dine-in, and caterings. And don't forget, you can skip the drive through line and order online at hickoryriver.com. Can't wait to see you at one of the Central Illinois Hickory River locations, Urbana, Decatur, Springfield, and Peoria. Hey, Illini fans, thanks for voting Dick Van Dyke Appliance World number one in Champaign County for a fourth straight year. Come see our newly remodeled showroom on North Neal. Wow. That's where games are won. That's how you have to find ways to win when, you, when you're not very sharp. 
yeah. and uh, your, your execution's not very good. And, and, you know, they threw the whole house at Kofi, and, and he was uncanny with his turnovers. And, and uh, uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll clean some of that up. And, but I did like the first half. Yes. When we play with that flow and that pace, um, man, it, it, it's, it's scary what this team can be. And Coach Brad Underwood talking about his team's defensive efforts here in this win over Northwestern, improving to 11-3 and in Big Ten play, 18-6 and overall. And in a, a week that has been chaotic in college basketball, I, I can't imagine they move a whole lot in the polls from their number 13 ranking here. Back on the fast Well, season. Seth Davis is going to, you know, Move the tide Seth, a little bit. And Seth Davis is an AP voter, if I remember oh, right. sure he is. So if he gives him that six, going to give him a, a little bit of a points boost. But, uh, you know, it, it, rankings matter absolutely none on February 13th. So we'll take it for what. I'd say the same on November 13th. But, yeah, we're looking forward to March 13th. Can you, can you guys believe it? Four, four weeks from right now. We'll be sitting celebrating in Illinois winning the Big Ten tournament for the second consecutive year, watching them get inducted on Selection Sunday. It's coming fast and furious. Can't Could be a beautiful it. thing. I'm excited for it. Looking forward to it because there's not really a whole lot of baseball to look forward to as of yet. Uh, I was just doing a, a on the professional side. On the professional side, yes, we, we look forward to Illinois baseball. Shout out Illini softball today, beating number fourteen LSU. They Huge. went four and one on the weekend, and uh, that has some bigginess to it. Yeah, love to see it. Uh, taking advantage of some late game <laughs> errors, as I tell you that early season rankings are meaningless. But LSU SEC team traditionally a a, a, a successful softball program. Yep. But um, as I look on the text here, it uh, looks like we, we've gotten to mostly everything. Didn't realize that one of the refs in the game was the one that Kofi clocked a, a couple years ago. <laughs> that was uh, humorous after the fact once you knew that he was okay, but a very scary situation there a couple years ago when Kofi was celebrating an and one. I doubt that ref had any ill intent towards Kofi here today if that was the no. point the texter might be trying to get at maybe it's just pure coincidence like the scores being the exact same back-to-back -back years for Illinois and Northwestern so um we're gonna throw it out there last call get your ring in on the fan line although you're probably settled in for the Super Bowl or shoot us a text is that as, happening as we uh get ready for uh, a new week of sports Contractor, Pekin Insurance has you covered with policies that fit your needs. Contact your agent to learn about coverage for buildings, business personal property, general liability, and a host of additional endorsements and coverage enhancements to keep your contracting business well protected and running smoothly so you can focus on the job, not the what-ifs. To learn more, go to PekinInsurance.com. Hi, this is Max with MX Electric, and I just want to say let's go Illini. If you have any electrical needs, remember, relax, call Max. You can visit mxelectric.net. Hey, Illini fans. Thanks for voting Dick Van Dyke Appliance World number one in Champaign County for a fourth straight year. Come see our newly remodeled showroom on North Neal. Wow. Best of luck to all the players and coaches during today's game. This is Angela Carr with Prospect Bank. Go Illini.
It was great pace, great tempo. The ball moved, it never stuck. We weren't relying on just Kofi. Uh, the first half was good. The first half was, uh, you know, we lost Ty Berry, gave him a couple of threes, but other than that, we were pretty good defensively. Um, and yet, uh, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, we the turnover bug, I mean, my goodness, we just yeah. started throwing the ball into the third row, and that's, that's when you're not mentally dialed in. And I was a little bit concerned, just simply because it, it was after the Purdue game, we took two days off, didn't have great couple practices. The first day after practice, in fact, was terrible, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals, and, and you can't start turning the ball over. That team is a very good basketball team. They were one of the hottest teams in the league, um, and, uh, you know, they made us pay, and then it was, you know, down the stretch, it, it was, uh, you know, Kofi and making some free throws and some big plays, and then RJ was outstanding. There's Coach Brad Underwood talking about the success of the first half and the struggles of the second half as Eagle and I hold on to first place in the Big Ten here. First of three games this week. Arguably today was the easiest, but a win is a win. Now you got to go on the road and win at the rack and at the Izone. But I think it can be done. Why do you have HGTV on right now, Evan? HGTV? What? <laughs> Just kidding. He's lying. We've got the, the Super Bowl on. Uh, as Hasn't we, started yet. As we get ready for the big game. And uh, we get ready for, uh, I guess, tomorrow. We, we've got Sports Talk at 4. Carries on through 5 at the Esquire. Prep Confidential and the Brad Underwood Show. but And Women's Hoops. And, and Women's Hoops. Wow, we've got... Uh, Eight hours, approximately, of sports coverage. But we're looking ahead to Rutgers' 6 o'clock tip-off on Wednesday, 4 p.m. pregame show for that one. It was uh, kind of a cakewalk the first time around. Illinois did, in the first game against Rutgers, what I thought could happen today in that they came out in the second half after a really good first half and just put them away. I don't think that's going to happen on Wednesday, but we know that the Illini can can match up with Rutgers. It's a tough place to play, and and this, uh, I mean, I think we're seeing the home court advantage, Mike. Don't you think? Again, come back after fans are back. It, it, it's still a thing having fans and and being at home. Back to back road games, Mackey and the Rack, aka Jersey Mike's Arena, <laughs> yeah. which just pains me. Right. Um, it's tough. I, I mean, I think the rack, it's right up there. I know it's when people think of places that are tough to play in the big 10, you go, you immediately go historic big 10. Um, but Rutgers is right there. Um, you know, and, and go back to that initial game that they played, you know, they got really any shot that they wanted. They shot almost 50% and they being Illinois. I mean, they shot almost 50% from the floor. I mean, Kofi had 13 and 15. It's not like he went crazy Jacob Grandison uh you know had 16 points in that game two for five from three they they made 12 threes as a team um 10 for 11 from the line I mean they were they were just really clicking offensively and then you know and then defensively I thought they did a great job of limiting Ron Harper do I think Ron Harper is going to go one for nine for five points this time around I don't but I also think one thing that you have to take note of is this team you know you have Amarui who is is a solid low post player because of his length and Ron Harper Jr. is great with his, uh, you know, outside shooting and is a great wing. Uh, Geo Baker didn't play in the last game. 
Um, you know, he adds another defender and slasher, Caleb McConnell, same thing. But the guy I haven't mentioned yet and the guy that probably all Illinois fans don't really like because of last year in Piscataway <laughs> is Paul Mulcahy. I mean, the guy, his emergence has, has taken this Rutgers team to another level. I mean, he's averaging about 18 points in the last five games. He's a guy that averaged a triple-double in high school, so you, he can play. Um, but even just his facilitating and, and, the, and the dynamic that he adds to this team – at six seven uh, is makes him a matchup nightmare, and and he's tough, and he sticks his nose in there, and he does all the Brad Davison type stuff that people don't like. But you know, he he really has given this this Rutgers team another, uh, I guess, dynamic and another element that makes them really tough and firmly on the bubble right now. Yeah, they're coming off three straight top twenty five AP wins, looking to make it four in a row, but the Illini trying to to make a new win streak after uh their four gamer ended last week uh, against Purdue and you seem like you got something to say Scott I just, just think, say I it. just think I just think a, a Paul Mulcahy appreciation <laughs> breakdown there is just a great way to end this post game show for you Evan it, it, it is if anything he's been playing it, well he's been playing well I don't know I'll give the, credit where credit's due no, you're 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 not wrong, and and we're going to do that, and hopefully you're definitely not getting under Evan's skin either. No, that's not, not at all. <laughs> I'm just I'm just hoping we're not singing Mulcahy's praises after Wednesday's night Wednesday night's that's, game. That's fair. So uh, we'll we'll sing the praises of the Illini today as they sit in first place and uh, they get the win over Northwestern. So appreciate you guys hanging out here before the big game. All right, Mike's giving me the peace sign. Just Scott's in time. Run, Scott's run out of things I to just say. I just thought Mike was going to so, say something, um, yeah. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll have sports talk tomorrow, and, and we look forward to game day on Wednesday. Appreciate Kathy for all her help behind the scenes. That'll, that'll do it for this. Got to get ready for the Super Bowl. Have a good one, folks. Yep, good night.